Hi, my name is ZJ and welcome to the ZJ Means Business Podcast show. In the show, I'm sharing my insights, tips and actionable strategies, hoping to inspire you to take your business and your life to the next level. I'm taking you along with me behind the scenes of my own entrepreneurial journey, my personal stories and my love for personal development. Enjoy! Hey, and welcome to the Founder Series, in which I interview everyday entrepreneurs like you and I who have built a business around what they love doing. I hope you enjoyed this episode and let's dive into it. In today's episode, I'm going to interview my dear friend, Hannah Malkin, who is a classical singer and who I've met a couple of years back, I think already 10 years or so. Something and like ever since I met her, I've, very, I've been very intrigued by her story because I don't know anybody who's a classical singer. So I thought it would be nice to dive into her story today and to interview her, ask you a bunch of questions of how you got started and what you're doing right now. So Hannah, tell us a little bit more. Like. Tell, yes. Introduce yourself. Great. Uh, thank you, CJ, for having me on. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Uh, I'm a classical singer, as CJ said. Uh, that means that I sing as a soloist uh, in opera productions and with orchestras. Uh, but I also create my own productions because I really love connecting with audiences of our own generation. Uh, and that's kind of um, what I'm on a mission to, uh, to do. And um, yeah, I've been doing that for a number of years now. And I love it. Okay, so tell us a little bit more of how you became a classical singer because I mean, I don't know anybody who is a classical singer and like did you already start from a very young age or um, how did it go? Yeah, so I was always singing as a little girl. I was mostly into the Spice Girls and those kind of uh, songs and I started songwriting uh, as well when I was around nine or ten years old. Um, but I was never really interested in classical music even though both of my parents are classical musicians. Uh, my father is a violinist. He worked in the Royal Concertgebouw Orchestra for over 25 years. And my mom is a pianist. So I was always, um, yeah, I always heard a lot of classical music at home, but I never really cared that much about it. I was more into drawing and story writing and pop music. Um, but then when I was around 11, I joined a children's choir where we did a lot of classical music. Um, and still, I just... I wanted to maybe become an architect or a lawyer, never really thought of being a professional musician. Uh, but then when I was 16, uh, I started classical singing lessons because I wanted to improve my singing technique and yeah, my parents just kind of thought classical teacher would be the best. And so that's when I kind of got more introduced to opera uh, and I auditioned for a small role in the Marriage of Figaro, a Mozart opera, really fun opera and I just... Uh, I got the role uh, completely to my surprise. They were looking for a really young singer who, yeah, just didn't have that much experience. And uh, that was me. So I got the role and I got really, really into opera. And uh, I did that role in my last year of high school. And I just discovered that that was my passion and that's what I wanted to do in my life. So uh, I went, um, yeah, I went to study singing. Okay, because you were 16 at the time, right? Like yeah. 16, 17, and then, I mean, at 18, normally you go to, from high school, you go to university. Yeah, so um, uh, I graduated high school when I was 17, and uh, it was a little bit young to go to the conservatoire, so I decided to study at the university college in Utrecht, where I did art history and history and a little bit of law and just kind of general humanities type things. Uh, but then after one year, I just uh, really wanted to continue with music because 
I figured my backup plan of becoming an art historian wasn't really going to make me lots of money if my music career failed. So uh, I thought I might as well just go do what I really want to do. Uh, so I went to study at the Utrecht Conservatoire. Uh, and then after that, yeah, I went to start my career. Okay. And so for me, like I'm, I'm totally blank in this area because I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know anybody, as I said, like I don't know anybody who has this type of career. But what type of career do you have in mind then when you start doing this? Like, um, yeah, I think so for me, what I wanted was to be a soloist in, have, yeah, to have an international opera soloist career. So like traveling the world and singing at all of these different opera houses. Uh, and I mean, that's what most people want, I think, who who study singing and I think only very few achieve it um, but the way to go about it is after graduating you do a bunch of auditions so you go all over Europe or you know US if that's where you're from um, and then you just audition at a lot of different opera houses uh, opera theaters for for like what's called opera studio it's like mm -hmm. an internship uh, kind of where you sing small roles and that kind of stuff so That's also what I went to do uh, when I graduated. I did a big audition tour. Uh, I didn't win anything. It was huge. It's insanely competitive. And even if you're really, really good, it's so hard to get a spot. There are just so many singers and so few places. So I kind of had to figure out, okay, what am I going to do? Uh, so, yeah, I started kind of, I mean, I had quite a nice network in the Netherlands and outside of it a little bit as well so I just went you know to do my performances and improve as a singer because you always need to really keep working on your technique mm -hmm. that's that's a really important part um, and that was something that I also felt I needed to work more on so that's what I did and I did a lot of auditions uh, and then at some point I kind of thought you know I'm spending most of my time on auditions and that's kind of a maybe not the most inspiring thing to be doing And at the same time, I um, I was singing already kind of as a soloist with orchestras and like some smaller opera productions. And what I saw was that a lot of the audience is quite older. Like most of the heads that you see from the stage are like gray hair. <laughs> so um, that's when I kind of thought, you know what, I actually want to connect with younger audiences. And that's a little bit when I started um Yeah, to create my own productions, and that has actually brought me kind of a different kind of career than I envisioned, or has been like a sidestep that has really brought me to where I actually really want to be. Yeah, it's more in line with your with your bigger purpose as you yeah. like you're a young lady, so <laughs> I mean I can imagine if you if you apply, you get rejected, or you see all these people in the audience not being the 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 like the the audience or the type of person that you are like a younger audience uh, yeah. maybe a little bit like less gray-haired <laughs> I mean of course you know it's it's not I think a lot of people our age maybe don't really know about classical music yeah. and they think it's maybe boring or very complicated yeah but they I thought you know if, it, right? if I enjoy it why wouldn't someone else enjoy it I mean it's And then if I, you know, I would talk to friends and I would invite them to my performances and they would come and they would always really love it. And yeah, I I just thought, you know what, why why don't people know more about it? And uh, so I think, yeah, already 
five years ago I was I was talking with a colleague, a violinist, Anastasia Kozlova, and we were kind of discussing doing a project together. And then we came up with this idea for Handel Goes Tinder, uh, which is a multimedia opera mm -hmm. based on the operas of seven, 18th century composer Georg Friedrich Handel. Uh, and he was a huge star, and his operas were super popular, and they're all about like intrigues between lovers, and, and the music is really great, and it's super vibrant and fun. Um, and people don't really know about it. It's, it's kind of considered, it's not one of the most famous operas that everyone knows, like The Magic Flute, or mm -hmm. you know, uh, La Boheme, or you know, those things that you always see at like Christmas, and, you know, people go maybe to an opera like once a year with their grandmother for Christmas. <laughs> uh, and this is, yeah, I, I ended up specializing in a bit more, yeah, a bit more niche like repertoire, but that I think would really, yeah, people our age would maybe even really appreciate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we created this show where uh, this young woman goes on Tinder and <laughs> she meets all of these different guys from the operas and makes a bunch of really bad decisions, uh, like I think a lot of us can relate to. Uh, and um, yeah, we use uh, the music of Handel to tell the story. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been to your production, of course, I've been to your show, and it was actually the first time that I, like, I've heard you sing before, like, somewhere mm -hmm. else, but that was the first um, show that I went to from you, and I, I just loved it, and I thought, like, okay, so many more people should know about this, yeah. but it's just this big gap between it is there, but people don't know about yeah, it, or exactly. they don't understand it, or exactly. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of a lot of opera houses are doing things to kind of include a younger audience, and people just don't know about it. Mm -hmm. And so what we wanted to do with this show was to take it to a place where people would already be, you know, looking at other things, uh, and then they would see this. And so uh, there's the Parada Theater Festival. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we we managed to get it booked uh, there. So we did like 30 shows in the summer of 2019 uh, at that festival and a bunch of other festivals as well. And um, yeah, we noticed that people really loved it. And it was really a, yeah, a much younger audience. And most of them had never even been to an opera before. We talked to a lot of people afterwards and, you know, they said like, yeah, this is the first opera that we've ever seen. And we didn't know that it could be so funny. And so, you know, um, alive and modern uh, so that was really yeah interesting that a kind of project that I started at a point where I was like you know what should I do and I kind of want to kickstart my career and well I think your whole production is really interesting to me because I think that a lot of classical singers or or people in the cultural sector they don't really create their own productions or they don't um, start these type of things or am I wrong? Can you tell uh, me a bit well, more? Well, I mean, now is a very different situation, of course, but yeah, normally uh, singers would usually be hired uh, to do, you know, a production and they wouldn't like be the ones to come up with it themselves, usually. Uh, and so this, this production kind of started at a point where I was thinking like, okay, what can I do? I want to connect with younger audiences. I want to... Um, not just be stuck doing auditions that don't inspire me. I want to actually create something and, you know, put my creative input somewhere. And it was not easy because, you know, I'm not a producer and that's a whole different job. Yeah. But we kind of had to do everything ourselves. We found the ensemble of musicians to 
you know, instrumentalists. We we found a director and scriptwriter who we wrote the script together with. We applied for the funding. I'd never applied for funding before. We like um, had to get booked. We didn't have an agent, so we had to arrange all of the bookings ourselves. And it was quite a uh, intense process. And a, a number of points, I thought, you know, this is going to fail. This is not. It's just not going to work. But then. It did work, and we did over 30 shows, and most of them were completely sold out. And we we did reach that younger audience that we wanted to, and yeah, that just made me really proud and and kind of um, yeah, just glad that our vision of reaching a younger audience and my kind of thought that you know people will love this music if it gets presented to them in、mm-hmm. a way that they can relate to that it actually worked. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really inspiring because. You had so many points probably in this journey that you wanted to quit. Like you don't, you don't know how to get the funding. You don't know how to produce it. You don't know how to get in touch with the right people. Yeah. Like what kept you going? Like this、um, vision or this purpose? Yeah. Or like、um, so, of course, yeah. The the vision that we had that we just knew that it would, it would be a success once we got it, you know, once we got it on the right track.、Uh, and yeah, there were some moments where. I kind of almost quit, and then Anastasia, my partner in this project, was like, "No, we can do this," you know. And then the other way around as well. And、um, yeah, so important to have someone to of, of do course, it. Yeah, absolutely. Them, right? Because yeah. if you have to kind of do this all by yourself, then and of course, you know, music making is always a collaboration, and you're always kind of together with other colleagues. That that's what I love about it, and and that's what I think is a big part of why it, you connect to audience as well, because it's it's kind of Yeah, like a a human connection. That's what makes it special. Yeah, that's like, and I have to, I had to think of something that you told me before also, and it just keeps on popping up in my mind. Like you said that when you were doing this production and actually doing these shows, well, you just gave birth to your son, right? Yes,、so、you told me <laughs> it was、true. quite like、yeah. even though the the journey towards the production was like a challenge. Like afterwards, like actually doing the show was a challenge as well. That、right? was also a challenge. Like, That's true. Yeah. So, because、um, this project had been a couple of years in the making, and we, I mean, we had to like reschedule and blah blah blah, and then by the end we had a really great tour of. 33 shows that we did in the summer of 2019, and I'd given birth、uh, to Ezra, my son, in、uh, April 2019. So when we were, you know, doing this tour, I was kind of still recovering from childbirth, and、uh, I was breastfeeding. So I would be like, we were at this theater festival in Parada <laughs> where everything is in like a tent. So kind of and kind of like gross. It's it's like, you know, muddy and everything. So I was sitting like in the back of this tent behind this like disgusting little curtain, like with a breast pump attached, and like hoping no one would like come in, and, <laughs> or or and like rinsing the bottles in the the porta potty bathroom where all the audience also was, and it was crazy. And we would do two or three shows a night, and then in between I'd be like, okay, and, like my colleagues would go have dinner, and I would just be like pumping and eating a sandwich at the same time, and it was really exhausting. We were also not sleeping very well yet. So it was really the most intense period of my life, I think,、uh, but also the most rewarding because you really kind of realize that you can do a lot more than you initially thought. Yeah, especially now you're a mom, you're doing this production that you created yourself, and then in between, like trying to handle everything because <laughs> yeah, I mean you don't. I mean you had to figure out everything by yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. of course, I had the support of my husband, uh, Marcos, who took over a lot of the night, nightly, <laughs> Luckily. Uh, yeah, a lot of the nightly duties. So I would be sleeping in Ezra's room in like this other bed that we had, and Ezra was took over my bed, and it was, yeah, it was it was crazy, um, <laughs> but uh, we survived, and I'm really proud of what we achieved. Yeah, because I think time. you're still gonna do this the show or production in the future, uh, right? That's true. Yeah. So we were supposed to have a, another kind of tour uh, last year in the spring, which mm. got postponed to this spring, which now it still is kind of uncertain. Um, but we're gonna do a live stream for the Handel Festival in Göttingen, Germany, which is a huge international festival for Handel, this composer, uh, and it's really. I mean, we reached the audience of people who didn't know opera, but this mm -hmm. is like a really critical opera-loving audience who also want to innovate. Um, so this, this festival, and yeah, it's going to be fun to see how this kind of more conservative German <laughs> opera-loving audience is going to react to our show. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of sad that we don't get to go there like physically. Yeah. But then it'll be great to have you know, a great recording of the show and to, um, to kind of share it with actually the whole world because it's going to be available for free, I think, for everyone to watch. And then in May, we have another show in Helmont in the Cacao Fabric, uh, which hopefully can can happen on May 23rd. Yeah, hopefully, because, I mean, I can imagine, like, for the cultural sector especially, this whole COVID and lockdown, yeah. it's kind of hard, right? It's, I mean, Yeah, it's a really difficult time. I mean, for anyone, I think, except for maybe shareholders of big tech companies. Uh, but for most of us, of course, it's difficult. Um, but the cultural sector sector in particular, I mean, we were the first to close down and we're the last to open. And running on reduced capacity just means you're losing money. And yeah, for a sector that was already not doing so well financially mm -hmm. uh, and that didn't really have any reserves, I think it's it's very difficult. It's tough. And, yeah. I don't know when it's going to get back to normal because yeah. next concert season is still kind of in the danger zone. Still in hold, right? And like yeah, and now. no one, everyone is scared to plan and things just keep getting postponed. So there's like a huge backlog of productions mm -hmm. that need to be rescheduled. And then things get rescheduled to the same period. Then you have conflicts in your diary. So like, I mean, yeah, the loss of income is just huge. It's like 80% or something. Yeah. More even. Okay, so I know that COVID and everything is really a challenge, especially for the cultural sector. But but you and knowing you, you didn't sit still, right? I mean, you still created like you you started record an album, right? Or can yes. you tell us more yeah. about that? Yeah. So that's another project that I'm really excited about right now, um, because uh, so when my son was about half a year old, I was um, I couldn't sleep after feeding him, and I kind of went to look for some music that I was planning to sing in a recital. And then I found um, this song cycle that was about motherhood and about, you know, the frustration of not being able to sleep uh, and of, you know, the responsibility for your child and all the things that, you know, that you feel as a young mother, which I felt until then I hadn't really seen in classical music because we always see, same as with, with like classical art pictures, like mm -hmm. paintings, you see this mother, like holding her child, like holy mother, kind of ideal ideal picture of what mm -hmm. motherhood is like. Yeah. And this, these songs were such a kind of raw and honest portrayal of motherhood. And that inspired me to create uh, my new album, which is called This Is Not a Lullaby. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be out on May 7th. 
and it's all about the transformation of becoming a mother. Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit more, like, I'm a mother too, and so I have my own challenges, but how was it for you? Like, can you tell us a little bit more and how you, like, process that maybe? Yeah, uh, I think for anyone who who has a child, it's a huge transformation and one that we can't really see coming. Mm -hmm. Like, we know that it's going to change us, but then you're also kind of holding on to the things that you did you know did before, yeah. and yeah, and you just can't imagine it, and... I always kind of thought like, okay, if I have a, a baby, then I'm going to have to kind of choose between, you know, time with my baby and my career. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be like a tricky balance to find. And I always thought that if I would either, I would like spend time with my child and my career would suffer, or I would focus on my career and my child would suffer. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I worried about. But yeah. what I didn't realize was how much becoming a mother would actually inspire me and teach me about you know myself that yeah that I could do way harder things than I thought <laughs> even my voice changed I mean things oh, really? yeah. that because singers we always kind of keep working on our vocal technique mm -hmm. because we have to sing over an orchestra without amplification so yeah we have to be really loud, but not like loud in a really obnoxious way, but in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. But we, the sound has to go really far. And so it's quite a like really technical thing that we do. Mm -hmm. And you always keep developing that. And then your voice grows as you get older. And then so pregnancy kind of gives that a boost, but mm -hmm. it can go in different ways. Uh, but for me, what it really helped me, and I really felt like my breath was stronger, and I could, yeah, my voice became bigger and more high and more low at the same time. So okay. that was a really nice change. Um, but artistically, I think you'll probably recognize, like, when you have a child, you it's so important that all the other stuff in your life doesn't seem so big and serious anymore. Yeah. Is that something that you can relate to? Yeah, it is. Actually, I when I, I got my children, like two of the, out of three, when I was still working as a consultant. And back then, you know, deadlines and client work, everything is really important, of course. Yeah. Because you want to deliver a good job. You want to do the, do the job very well. But the moment that I got kids, I was like, time is so precious. And yeah. there are so many other things in life that are actually worth spending time on. It sounds really strange and really crazy to say this, but back then I thought like your work it's like the most is important thing. Yeah, yeah, it's basically the most important thing that your career and of course you have your family, of course you have your parents, of course you have other people to take care of or to spend time with, like your friends, you know, yeah. if you have time for that. But yeah, the moment that I had my children, like the f my first child actually, I realized there's so much more yeah. in life that's important. Exactly, exactly. And that's what I felt as well. And I mean, I think that's true for any ambitious person. Mm -hmm. uh, but as artists, we like are so focused on our work. It's like our whole life. It's yeah. our whole identity. Like I am a singer. I'm a musician. Yeah. I, If I fail at that, I'm not worth anything. And then when I had Ezra, I kind of realized like, that's not really how it works. And also, <laughs> if you take your job so seriously, yeah. every audition is gonna is like this big deal, mm -hmm. and every it de there's so much depending on it. And then you kind of can be a bit. You can start to become a bit more of a control freak and be very like afraid of failure. Yeah. But it's when you're 
kind of daring to take risks, that's when the magic happens. And when you feel free, when you feel yeah. the freedom to, you know, go out on a limb and maybe drop flat on your face, because that's yeah. also a possibility. And, and that's something that I kind of, yeah, that I really learned during, mm -hmm. yeah, after having my baby. And I thought, you know what, if I can give birth to a child and, like, <laughs> feed him and, like, watch him grow with, like, my body, then I can do anything. And those yeah. people who are... Like, I don't care so much about what other people think. Mm -hmm. And that made, that gave me a lot of freedom and I think ultimately made me a much better artist and yeah. a more interesting artist because human is about uh, music is about human emotions. Yeah. And then if in order to express that, you have to experience it. Yeah, and you have to feel it and be able to also, you know, hand it over to people yeah. listening to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and then that's kind of what inspired um, my new album, so this transformation and... On the one hand, having this like experience of motherhood and the like frustrations that go along mm -hmm. with that, but also the change um, and the connection between like family relationships. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's really beautiful what you're saying because indeed, when you have your first child or when you have children and you have your career and you think a lot of things are not possible, it's like yeah. you're taking away freedom in one part of your mm -hmm. life while give, trying to give time or spend yeah. time on something else. But it's so beautiful how things can actually work together, you know, yeah. like, like for you, like it actually enriched your life, you know, Absolutely. and it's also with me, I can tell from my experience that, you know, it didn't mean that I had to choose between either work or a child, but yeah. now I'm just trying to combine it or trying, I yeah. am combining it, you know, so I think there are a lot more ways to feel more rich in life, which is then to yeah. take all the different aspects that you love, like your music, your children, of course, and your relationship, and all the other things, and then make it work for you, you know? Yeah, like, exactly, and I think you kind of learn to become more efficient with your time as well. Oh, like, yeah, I used definitely. to have all of these routines, like before a concert, I had to like read, like the day before, I couldn't do anything, and I had to like be quiet and go to bed early, <laughs> and and I had I practiced a lot, and now, I mean, I still practice, but I can do the same, I can achieve the same results with yeah. a lot less time, <laughs> I think any parent would yeah, this is, and a whole other level of yeah. productivity and efficiency right like I couldn't do it in one hour but now I can actually do it in half an hour yeah. because you, you tend to be more focused and exactly and, and more uh, well, spending your time in a much better yeah. way right yeah. yeah yeah and um yeah that's I think something we all recognize and that's not to say that it's not a challenge because of course, of course it's, it's it's like a logistic challenge to like figure out you know who's gonna do what and where's your kid gonna go and like the day-to-day -day can kind of feel like a tricky balance I don't want to like discount that mm -hmm. and pretend that it's easy but it's definitely worth it and I think you can gain a lot from it yeah as well. yeah definitely it's worth it and that makes this different perspective makes it makes yeah. all the difference right absolutely it's like seeing it as a uh, as a as a burden or seeing it as something that is worth your time. Yeah, you know? and that enriches your life. Yeah. And that's exactly. actually really important. Yeah. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit more about where people can find more about your work or can listen to you maybe? Yeah, or, I mean. Uh, absolutely. Um, so my album is going to be out on May 7th. It's going to be able uh, be available on all streaming platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can order it through hannamalkin.bandcamp.com. Um, because it's there's a physical you know physical CD I know people don't really not many people own a CD player anymore but yeah. there's a really cool like book with a lot of my personal story and and information about the music 
uh, and um, and you can also get like a high quality download of it, uh, which is a lot nicer quality than what you can listen to on on Spotify. Um, but you can also just find it on Spotify. This is not a lullaby, it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also my website, hanamalkin.com. And I'm on Instagram at hanamalkinsoprano and Facebook as well. And Twitter at hanamalkin. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I can't wait to to see this album coming out or hear this album coming out, actually. Because uh, since I heard you singing for the first time, I was like, okay, I've never heard opera, and I never heard it from someone so young. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to listen to it. So thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you for you, your time. CJ. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you liked this episode. And if you do, please share it with others by making a screenshot of this episode and by tagging me on Instagram at business. And don't forget to leave a rating so that others can find it as well. For now, I wish you a great day and a great life. Bye.